Welcome back to the Roblox Podcast with Andy, Cap, and Coop. Today we're going to talk about hot dogs, tennis, and crossing guards. So stay tuned. Before we get into our interview with Nate from down the parkway and all of our BS, we do want to have a moment of silence in remembrance of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Three times in a row, hitting that back to back. Three times in a row, 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 tic-tac-toe three in a row, all X's. So now we're actually going to talk about the Crosstown shootout and actually have kind of a, um, a civilized and educational, like real basketball talk with someone who um, can stay on a topic a lot better than us. His name's Nate from Down the Parkway. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Down the Parkway. He does two-minute recap videos on the court. He's a real member of Xavier Media. Great follow. And he's going to be coming out with podcasts soon. So wherever you get your podcast, check him out. Without any further ado, here is Nate right after the airplane. Crazy one. What is up, Roblob listeners? We've got a massive treat. We've got one of the Mount Rushmore of Xavier Twitter content creators in the building, down the parkway, my boy Nate. What is good, brother? You're too kind, my man. What's going on, boys? Happy to be on here, man. Roll blob. <laughs> Roll motherfucking blob. So I know, I've, been wait, I've been waiting to make my Roll Blob debut. I've just, been, I've just been waiting on this moment, to be honest. Coop hit LeBron me up. Yeah. said Jason was under the weather. He canceled on me. I was like, damn, I'm kind of – but, no, happy to be on here. Happy you're healthy. Musketeers look nice. We are looking nice, dude. It's nothing but good news in here. People listening, this is going to be an actual human conversation. So cleanse that palate. This is not the dumpster water you're used to drinking. So just prepare yourselves. So, Nate, right off the bat, I got a question for you. This is Roll Blob Goddamn Podcast. What did hot dogs do to you, my dude? Oh, man. (laughs) Fantastic. To be honest, that's been a thing for me since, like, day one. I've never been, like, I I love ghetto. I love bacon. I love burgers. I love chicken. I love turkey, roast beef, anything. Just not hot dogs, dude. I'm out. I'm out. I'm is, it, out. is it the taste of it? Is it the shape of it? Like, is it a cylindrical it's, thing? A combination? Dude, I think it's a combination. It's the, they taste like dog water. They look gross. <laughs> I feel like you cannot make a hot dog look good. Like, I, I, Italian sausage, I'm like, no, I'm not on any of the Italian sausage. I don't like big, pork, nah, nothing like, I'm off of it. I don't know. I, I got a lot sausage of links. That, Are we out on sausage links? No, that's the thing. I'm on it. Okay. I'm, I'm good. Hmm. So okay. you're on the tiny little wieners, but <laughs> it, it didn't well, take long. This, no, this, this could be a, a factor here. I remember, I don't know how old I was. I was junior high, and I read a statistic 
that men think about sex probably every 30 seconds and i'm like well shit i need to eat hot dogs a lot quicker than 30 seconds otherwise it's going to get really awkward but if you're a slow eater i completely get why you'd avoid a hot dog and just stick with like little sausage links just because that's just good sense I mean, yeah. that's the last thing that you want to be on your mind like you know this kind of reminds oh shit <laughs> and then you continue then it gets even more awkward right because oh <laughs> if you don't make that decision to stop and it's just obviously you know uh, uh, that's a different conversation so anyway so we'll obviously get into the shootout we'll get into all things Xavier basketball real quick why don't you tell your story real quick on you know how you became a Xavier basketball fan what you do with down the parkway and how you became big time getting in that press box oh I don't know yeah I don't know I'm still I'm still climbing the ladder like no I even done the thing is I feel like down the parkway has just like always been something I've like as a kid I I, I was a diehard Xavier fan like probably all of you guys were I grew up around it. My dad went there. Um, I've been, I went to all the Xavier basketball camps as a kid. I like looked up to like Dolman and I mean, Sato and Chalmers and those guys, those yep. were like, those were the guys that kind of drew me into, into basketball and college basketball specifically. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of always stayed, even though I went to Bellarmine and stuff, I was always obviously a Xavier fan. I went to all the games growing up and I mean, I'm, I'm just a basketball fan in general. So I figured like at some point I was like, I might as well just try to like, do something with it as like a as like a hobby is like kind of like my yeah. relief of the kind of just letting letting loose a little bit and um stay, it, it keeps me around hoops so I mean that's that's kind of where it started and I just kind of ran with it and see what happens I mean I yeah I don't know kind of probably, probably similar to what you guys are doing I love it that's literally like I just I couldn't have said that better myself <laughs> like that just felt like something I completely resonate with I must say you do not want to compare your path to our path uh no I mean <laughs> yeah. like I just like I think people are like, she is like, no, I, I grew up like a Xavier fan and that's like basketball has always been like my, my love, like tennis and basketball have always been like my two things that I've always kind of gravitated towards. And uh, yeah, Xavier basketball specifically. And it's, I, I guess I was born in the right time because it's been uh, a lot of good years for, for Xavier basketball fans. Absolutely. So, and also too, like Andy and I were just talking about this the first time we're listening to like a Travis Steele interview, we hear your voice come on asking a question. How did, how did that whole deal get started and uh, kind of what, what do you see yourself doing with content in the future? Um, shit. I mean, I'd be lying if I acted like I had a big, long plan. Um, What's I your five-year plan right now? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd be lying if I had a five-year plan with Down the Parkway. I, I honestly, I, I'm growing, I, I want to grow like um, into kind of, at first, I guess I thought of going into like the Big East, but I thought that was like with what I was currently doing job-wise and stuff, that was just too big of a, too tall of a task. So I kind of pivoted and I wanted to promote Xavier's tennis program and basketball program and kind of cover from just my perspective and kind of help promote these athletes. And um, yeah, it's kind of just cover the team and kind of get around and talk to recruits. And that's all that stuff kind of intrigues me is like the atmosphere, the culture. I like to kind of get to know that stuff and kind of see what builds a team. And I think that's kind of, like it kind of carries over into like your personal life and how teams build their roster is kind of how uh, I feel like companies can build out their roster per se, I guess. So I've always kind of been intrigued by that aspect of it. And hoops has always uh, just been a fun relief for me. And uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to go with it. I honestly have no idea. I want to continue to do the podcast and uh, see where that goes. I think that's where everything, like that's where content is at. I mean, like podcasts right. and stuff, video, no one wants to just, like pictures are cool and all. And I think photography is awesome, but that's not um, kind of where things are headed, if, if I had to guess. 
and, and positive for you, there's no competition in the Xavier podcast game. I can promise you that. So you've got nothing but real estate <laughs> as far as the eye can see, um, especially if you actually talk about the sport. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That's very true. In so fact, actually, actually, you go can ahead. just have this episode. We don't even have to post it. You can just have it. It's all yours. I might, I might, dude, that, that might get me jump started, bro. I need that. Yeah, it, honestly, man, like whatever. we're always down to jump on a Twitter space. We're always down to whatever. Like, Dude, did you, ever I you, you came and saved my Twitter space, bro. It was going to be dead as fucking there. Bro, no problem. I'm glad to do it, man. I, I think that stuff, stuff is fun. I think that's good for the community. Like, and, and like you too, bro. I just love like being here for Xavier basketball. Like, I love that shit. I was shocked we had like 35 people in there. I was like, damn, I didn't. It was I pretty solid. Time, yeah, I was, at one point I was like, but Twitter spaces are super cool. And if I, I probably should try to look at making that like a, I don't know, every post game or every big game at least i don't know we'll yeah see. i was gonna say the same thing if after every big game you want to run one i'm totally here for it yeah you gotta have yeah you gotta have some conversation it'd be kind of silly talking to yourself the whole time yeah no question no question yeah like i know i have no idea what that's like um but anyway <laughs> <laughs> so a little birdie told me actually a pretty well-known xavier press uh source told me that in the press box there were literal other press junkies like old heads saying west miller actually orders a greek salad at skyline can you confirm that. that those conversations were going on behind closed doors? I tell you what, Marcus Wal- Mark- Marcus Walters is putting out some serious nuggets out here, um, dude. I- I'm not gonna lie, I was uh, I did not hear that, but I heard from multiple people that that, that was uh, sourced out. Marcus and, Walters has to be media newcomer of the year, hands down. I'm not gonna lie, the genius behind that is it's impressive. I want to give that a hat tip almost every time I see a tweet come out of there. That guy has turned the media world upside down. We, so let's we need actually Marcus Walters out there. I don't know. Shouts to him, whoever the fuck he is. I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> so let's jump into actual basketball talk here. Let's. Just, I mean, this is going to be a uh, pretty much a crosstown shootout episode with other stuff too. What initial takeaways? Crosstown shootout. Xavier pummel Cincinnati. What were your initial takeaways walking away? I mean, to be honest, the pregame hype and everything. I was ready for a big game, and it was like like there was just no flow in that first half. And before you knew it, like it was a blowout. Like it was like, we went from no flow to all of a sudden Xavier's working this team. And it was, I don't know if I want like a close game, but I kind of like seeing a closer co- contest than that. Um, yeah. UC just doesn't have the horses to kind of run with Xavier right now. It's a large disparity in talent right now. I mean, yeah. from top to bottom, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just not close. I mean, I know multiple people have said like, yeah, who is the first, like when, if you're drafting both teams side by side, yeah. when do you, t- when do you take the first UC player? I mean, seven, six, seven. I mean, now that the shootout's shoot over and we can't curse it, let's pull an SK. Would anyone from UC start for Xavier? No. Probably not. I don't think so. I, I, I still want to say it before the shootout. But guys, they have their white guys. <laughs> they do have they, white guys. First source, they do have their white guys. They do have their coach, though. That's that's for sure. I think Wes Miller's yeah. good for them. I, that's a question I, I was going to ask you. I was actually going to ask you that a little later on. What are your thoughts on Wes Miller? I think he's the real deal. I was surprised that UNC didn't hire him. I was like, I remember when I when I saw the uh, notification on my watch, I was like, I was on the tennis court and I was like, damn, like UNC hired Hubert Davis. I was like, I thought no. I, I had heard I had heard rumors that they were gonna hire Wes Miller, and when they didn't hire him, I thought that was a miss. And then UC got him, and I was like, that's gonna be trouble. That's that's the guy. I must Some say, these- I'm good. There's no program. Well, there's two programs I'm rooting to fail right now. That's UC. And um, UNC. BYU. Oh, BYU. Yeah, fuck BYU. <laughs> yeah, but, them too. Um, UC fans need to be rooting really hard for that UNC basketball program so they keep Hubert Davis because the moment he's gone, yep. Wes Miller is gone. 
And yeah, that, that dude's going to be a Fickle. star. Wes has been, Unless he I pulls mean, a Luke Fickle and stays for no reason. What, what, where do you think Fickle's headed, Coop? Nowhere now. I think he could have left, but Zach Taylor's I mean, job might, might be open soon. Hey, no, never know. No, but um, I'm for it. I think Wes Miller is going to, I mean, he's already got some four stars committed. I think obviously headed to the Big 12 is going to give them a big lift. Uh, just like being able to go tell a high school kid that we're going to be competing in the Big 12 against these big programs. That obviously is a, a, a big uh, kind of lifted, like you got a little more confidence kind of going to talk to four stars and five stars rather than saying you're going to come compete in the AAC. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think Wes is going to have better, better luck on the recruiting trail. And I think he'll turn that program around, give them a couple years. But they'll be back in the top 35, 40 program here real soon. Uh, I think after John Brandon left that mess behind, I didn't know what to expect. But uh, Wes Miller's, I mean, he spoke for like 15 minutes after the shootout. And I just, he took, he shouldered like all of the blame. I mean, I thought, like, I thought it was an impressive press conference, to be honest. I did too. I really did. I, I think I said that and I was like, wow, this guy's just shouldering the blame. He took all the pressure off to Julius who was on the mic next to him. He kind of took, took the wind out of the mic and made sure the Julius was kind of just there for a couple side questions. But yeah, I mean, he was like just saying this team wasn't prepared. Uh, we got to get a lot better. I mean, in all facets, I thought Justin Williams was kind of grilling him a little bit. Um, and he was just like, dude, he's like, how much time do you guys have for me to explain what went wrong? And yeah. What we need to fix? So, I mean, that was like, I think as a coach, like, it's kind of refreshing because to hear a coach say that a little bit. It made me really miss a post-game L Mick press conference. I really oh, miss those. <laughs> I would do anything to have another one of those. Um, no, yeah. That's what made the rivalry so fun, though, was having a guy like Mick Cronin who was so easy to just poke <laughs> fun at. And his quotes, like, I mean, it was I, – I definitely missed it. I think Xavier fans – He compared uh, Xavier to Golden State. <laughs> Golden fucking state, bro. I mean, I know we have Trey and all, but like Jesus Christ. Yeah, if he would start he would start the excuse train like a month in advance. Oh, I miss it so much. You could just see the whole thing unfold. It was like a beautiful orchestra. I miss it so much. Oh, did, you guys, did you guys think McCronin was going to have this type of success at UCLA so quickly? Fuck no. No. Absolutely no way. not. Choice 13 for UCLA. Fuck no. But here's the thing though. I think that when it starts to unravel, it's going to go down a fucking cliff and go down a cliff in a fucking hurry. Because also, too, yeah, he went to the Final Four. They almost lost game one in the fucking round of 68. I mean, it really could have yeah. gone a whole other direction. And once it goes south for Mick, we've seen what happens. Like, he does not handle adversity well one fucking bit. And especially in a big market like UCLA, when it goes south, it's going to be a fucking, fucking snowball, dude. I can't wait to see it unravel. But, hey, for now, though, it's a win-win for Xavier fans. Sorry for the rant here. It's a win-win because he goes to the fucking Final Four in a fucking snap of fingers after not doing jack shit dude. at the University of fucking Clifton. I fucking love it. It's a win-win. UC was the problem. That run was wild, though. Like, he was – I mean, he was coaching his ass off. He really and was. the craziest I mean, thing yeah. was in game one against Michigan State when they're down, like, however many at halftime, like 11 or whatever – um, Mick Cronin told Marcus Walters we have him right where we want him and uh, he, he was right just absolutely uh, incredible yeah. scoop right there uh, and could not be more accurate and then after losing to Gonzaga of course he said well we won he's a couple of Bearcat former coaches making noise though you know Brian Kelly doing his whole spiel and uh, I don't know what the hell he's got going on in, in, speaking uh, of former coaches is every Xavier coach just going to go to their next school and just spiral out of fucking control? It does not look fun. We talked about this a little bit on our space, I think. 
It does not look fun at all in Louisville right now. And Chris Mack looks like he's aged 15 years. I, yeah. but on, on the other hand, Ben Johnson making some noise in Minnesota. That's correct, but he wasn't a head coach. Head coaches, right. no, right, control. Right. The yeah, Travis Steele right. coaching tree, though, is on the up and up. That's, a, that's an elite coaching yeah. tree right now. <laughs> Travis Steele coaching tree is just fucking 40. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe the Sean Miller downfall or whatever you want to call that. Yeah. That whole thing was – I mean, it was a shit show. I mean, it just it, – it was like a matter of – it was like a ticking time bomb of when he was going to get fired. And it, like, I wonder how that whole experience was. I, I would have to guess that he – like – his time at Xavier still has to be his most memorable years as a coach. Like I would imagine. Like, did I hear this right? Like after, um, after Mac was leaving, didn't Sean try to come back? He was, it showed a lot of interest. Did he, didn't he reach out and uh, uh, try to apply? Did anybody ever confirm the rumors that he was like on campus? I didn't ever really kind of pursue. I mean, I don't really don't need confirmation. I just need stories. (laughs) I don't need facts. (laughs) Something we can run with. The Chris Mack situation is like, so I went to, I lived in Louisville for five years and I'm friends with a fair amount of Louisville, like diehard fans. And those guys are crazy. And they are like, they were off on Mac last year. They're, they're like totally off now. Like they're, they're done with him. Like he's, and he doesn't, yeah. Like, like you said, Jason, like, like he, in that last press conference, he was like snapping on reporters. He looked, his eyes were baggy. He looked like he aged it's like bad. 15 years. That didn't look like the Chris Mack that left here four years ago. The culture doesn't seem does not seem good at all. And then, too, I think Xavier's kind of in that sweet spot. Obviously, it's a high-pressure job. You're in the Big East. But I feel like it's not Arizona. It's not Louisville, where you have all these high-money boosters just breathing down your neck with crazy national title expectations that are, let's be honest, next to impossible to live up to. There's no way every coach in those big jobs is going to live up to those expectations. It's near impossible. I mean, uh, but they do fun. have to deal with message boards and Facebook groups. We, we absolutely need to see Iona play Louisville in, like, the first or second round of the tournament. Oh, like, my sometime God. Real soon. Like, Matchup dream. Absolutely. Like, let's start with the NIT. We're getting sidetracked. But <laughs> Louisville fans might start a chant, like, get Slick Rick back. Like, I would love it. I would love to see Literally, it. yeah. We got sidetracked, but it's just, that's just interesting conversation right there. Let's look at the future of the shootout real quick. The next five years, what do you see going on in the shootout? When do you think the disparity – uh, or the disparage of fucking talent gets a little bit less wide, that gap. Uh, when do you think if we start seeing competitive shootouts? you think next year's competitive? Um, I think there's yeah. still a pretty decent advantage in Xavier's direction next yeah, year. Yeah, I, I would be – I mean, I was six and a half. What, that, when that game – I got that at six and a half. That was like – I couldn't believe it. Like, I don't know yeah. what Vegas was seeing in that. But, like, on paper, like – and Xavier honestly could have won by 30 or 40 if they actually wanted – Xavier didn't even really play well, to be honest. No, and like at, no. at the twelve minute mark in the second half, they totally laid off the gas. They weren't really like guys yeah. were taking step back shots. I mean, it was like just, they were just out there having fun playing pickup basketball. Absolutely. Um, I mean, next year maybe it's a little closer, but it's it's tough to turn a, turn over a roster that quickly. I mean, Wes Miller's a great coach, but I, I would be shocked if he could right the ship in a year and a half. Absolutely, I especially mean, looking like a yeah, that roster too is just. They're and just playing mean, the transfer game, trying to fill in gaps. So my question like is, has, go ahead. Uh, my question is, what does Wes Miller win first, a shootout or a WWE Royal Rumble? You're <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Oh man, no, I mean, I, dude, he, he he inherited the job after Mick Cronin. He had to channel a little bit. I would think that was just an ode to Mick Cronin, just showing some love, showing some respect. But, yeah, the the whole what Xavier thing. No, when he like he like pushed his coach like. Oh, that yeah. I was my fault. Yeah, 
I, that shocked me. I was watching that. I was like, yeah. what the hell? I couldn't believe that. That Between that and the ref pushing Duan, all that, I mean, that, that whole game was, I don't know what was happening. And then Fremantle gets kicked out. I mean, that was just a, a weird That a is, weird that's some of the worst officiating I've ever seen. I mean, it was so bad. I tweeted out that, like, I didn't know any ref's names, like, 12 hours before that game. And I honestly forgot. Brian O'Connell is the only ref that I know his first right. and last name. That's the only ref I know. And once, once I saw he was on, like, oh, man. Like, Son it's not – I feel like it's not a good thing if fans know the ref's name. FS1 no, totally not. fucked the shootout. Dickie Simpkins and fucking Brian O'Connell. <laughs> like, let's invest a little bit in the fucking Crosstown shootout. The Crosstown shootout did not get national love. It was under the radar for John <laughs> Rossi. What the fuck is going on around here? But no, fucking – yeah. oh, His, his <laughs> fucking game of the day had fucking uh, Colgate in it. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, okay, John Rossi. The guy's a fucking robot. I can't give him too much fucking shit. Are you, okay. are you not – are you off the Rothstein train? I love Rothstein because he generates content. I don't love Rothstein for Rothstein. I love the comments and I love the bullshit Fair. that comes along Fair. with it. And I, I like Rothstein, Rothstein because I can wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. <laughs> it's like 4, 10 a.m. And he's tweeting and it's like only 12 hours until South Dakota State plays William and Mary. <laughs> I'm like, oh, That's at least guy. he's awake cool. With his uh, um, Joker gif here, we – he's a psychopath i love to see it honestly um okay so so all right i gotta know what you did after the shootout did you go to dana you were at dana's right dude no i was Bullying. no dude i didn't get out of the, the arena till 12 45 we went and got some shanghai on elm and we went back to the crib and i mean the guys some of the dudes turned the game back on i was like yeah i'm about to pass out um <laughs> But like the game, it, it honestly was one of those games. Like, it didn't even really interest me to go watch. Like sometimes if it's a good game, I'll yeah. go watch the game back again and see like if I missed anything, like whether like anything. That game didn't really interest. Like it was a boring game. Like Xavier dominated it in all facets. Like, and like you said, I don't think Xavier played particularly like well. They played. They played. I mean, they played a clean game. But like, I mean, Nate Johnson wasn't hitting. Kobe Jones played like one minute in the first half. That was trash. Uh, Fremantle yeah. still was like he's still kind of getting his feet underneath him and kind of getting back. Paul wasn't the- exceptionally anything. No, Paul was pretty, I mean, pedestrian for his standards, I felt like, especially in a big game. So, I mean. It was this big white guy that was okay. That that dude put on a show, man. I mean, Good Lord. That's a I, legendary shootout, shootout performance. I was Straight the up. one thing I before I went to bed I was like I was thinking like how many bigs has Xavier has Xavier had that were like quality bigs transfer in and I was like usually like Stainbrook and Hankins were like those yep. were like those guys were just tough and like we ran the offense through Stainbrook and then with Hankins I mean he was I think he was underrated I think he could Hankins was so good oh yeah Xavier didn't play him enough minutes in my opinion I thought he was oh, I mean head and shoulders better than Tyreek Jones that blew my mind the whole year why he didn't play more I mean he was clearly more effective, I feel like, inside uh, on both ends of the floor, really. At the end of, at the, the, end of the year, that, that pick and roll with he and Najee was absolutely unstoppable. His length and his – I mean, he had touch around the rim. He could jump. He could run the floor. Uh, he was a, a high IQ guy. His field goal percentage him. was fucking ridiculous. What was it, like 60-something? Yeah, 60%? over like yeah. a lot of attempts. Like, he, yeah, was, yeah, he was crazy. So good. That was no, an elite but, stat right there. I don't know that <laughs> yet. Check me on that, Andy. But – uh no, with in Stainbrook, he ran the offense through him, and I was thinking back. I'm like, Nunji's probably going to be. I mean, he's as good or better than maybe both of those guys. The fact that he can stretch I, the floor just adds a completely new weapon. His jump shot is 
so pure. I mean, there's uh, so much balance on it. He's rarely, I mean, if he misses, it's short or long. He's not missing by a lot. And he's got, I mean, obviously soft touch, good rotation. He's, when he shoots the ball, I'm probably as confident, other than Nate Johnson, I'm as confident in him as anybody else. And when, when he he's took his first of, one, I was, like, I already I already turned around and started celebrating when, uh, when he hit that first go-ahead three to um, get up six to five. And like I just started many, talking, talking shit as soon as he left his hand. <laughs> How, like, yeah, the, the, the and one four-point play was – I mean, this dude is just he, – he, he was unconscious that night. I feel like he and Colby are just two very, very high basketball IQ players too. Like, Nunji just seems to be, like, every single play, like, right where he needs to be. Like, I feel like he's has really, really good positional awareness. I, I, I love Jack Nunji, man. I just think he's a, a really, really solid basketball player. Um, okay, so at this point, obviously besides Jack Nunji, who's performed above, of, above or below your expectations at this point in the season? Which players? If any. Above or below, I would say. I mean, Nate. I didn't think Nate Johnson was going to be able to double up on what he did last year shooting the basketball, but I mean, he's that dude is a sharpshooter. I mean, like, I, don't know, I didn't expect him to kind of kind of repeat what he did last year, but he looks like he's he's going to shoot this. He's going to shoot the three ball at like a forty-five plus clip, which is insane. <laughs> um, but then after that, I mean, Kobe Jones has been the guy that. I was I was high yeah. on him and I've been high on him for a while, but he's just like he's he's the real deal. I, I'm, Is I'm, he our best I, player? I think so. I think so too. I, I definitely so. call him our most essential. Yeah, I mean he's like he he really he kind of he competes in all facets of the game, whether it's on the boards, on defense, uh, playing off the ball. He he's solid with the ball. He can handle it. He can pass. His his, his ability to kind of like kind of lift and find the cross court pass after he gets a screen. I mean, he's, and he's a super smart player, high IQ guy, doesn't get sped up, plays at his pace. I think Kobe and his, his jump shots got to keep coming for him to take that next jump. But I think it's, it's going to be there. That's pro prospect on the team. Kobe. Yep. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, in my opinion, for sure. Over under one and a half more years at Xavier, you taking the, the under or the over? Over. I mean, I, Over. I get, yeah, but yeah, he's, he seems like, a, like, remember when he committed, he was big on like, you know, Xavier being like a school that had fortune 500 companies in the city and yeah, he almost went to Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a well-rounded guy. I think he's a guy that kind of loves the college experience. He seems to enjoy all that camaraderie and kind of what college provides. So I think he'll stick around. Uh, but I mean, he could, if he wanted to, he could go pr- uh, pursue a pro career after this year for sure. Totally agree. Imagine uh, okay. caring about academics. Can it be us? Um, Nate, one question <laughs> I had for you. We ain't come um, to play of, school. I promise you that. Kind of <laughs> going back to the Jack Nungy stuff. We were kind of thinking like Jack Nungy looks like if Cap and Andy morphed into one person. Like if they were like, if they had a baby or perhaps we did some um, like uh, modification. Genome editing. Genes. Yeah. yeah. Gene editing. Yeah. That like, Basically, he'd obviously grow, but you're combining two <laughs> humans, so of course you're going to grow. But Jack Nungy is the result of these two men. Would you agree? For sure, man. You, you stack these two dudes up, and they're seven one two sixty or whatever he is. They're, they're, that's Jack Nungy right there. Is that going to be the first segment on your new podcast? <laughs> you combine combined Cap and Andy, you get, you get one Nungy. <laughs> that's, that's true. We're, we're making out. the content for you. Okay, so going forward, you're going to the second half of the season here. Which Xavier player would you buy stock on going forward? 
as far as a guy that's got potential to kind of lift his game another level? A guy you think is going to have a better second half than he had a first half of the season? I'll say, I mean, the like Zach Fremantle is going to get back into being yeah. closer to Zach Fremantle. That's the easy answer. I feel like I mean, he's 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 going to continue to get back to playing his type of his type of basketball. But I think Dwan Odom. Um, and I think I if one of them, if Dwan can do that, I think that lifts this team's ceiling to a level that um, puts them in a spot that can be a real contender to win the Big East and do some real damage in March. Because I mean, he's the only true point guard on the team that. Can, can be that primary playmaker and get to the rack at will and run fast break and push the ball. And I, I think if, he, if he's able to take care of the basketball a little bit better and continue to gain that confidence, making plays, he gets that, he's at like 21 minutes a game. If he gets like that 25, 28 minutes a game, he's going to, I mean, he can lift his ceiling to lift this team's ceiling to another level. Yeah, no question. I think this is going to be a team we look at in like two or three years. We look at this roster. We're just like, holy fucking shit, this team was ridiculously loaded top to bottom. I mean, Ben Stanley's barely going to get minutes this year. And he was like a highly touted transfer. Like, it's it's a ridiculous roster. Yeah, Thank ben, you. This, this roster's stupid. No, I think they're good. Ben Stanley's the guy that I thought – he's a guy that I guess doesn't look quite as good as I thought he was being hyped up to be coming in. He's um, got an awkward game. He does. I don't understand what he's – I, I got to figure him out. I'm not sure on him yet. Jerome Hunter and him, I got to figure out. I got to figure him out. Yeah, I think Jerome's got to figure himself out a little bit. <laughs> I, yeah, give, give me some time on those two guys. There's a lot that Jerome can do. He's super versatile. He's just got to, like, figure out his role. No, um, he, I think he's he going to figure it out. When he gets downhill and he decides that he's going to just be a, a drive and kick guy and and then maybe shoot, you know, two, to, two open threes a game, whatever – then I think he can be a, a really um, a big asset to this team. I mean, he's six eight. He's got length. He can move. He can right. slide his puppies. He can play defense. I mean, yeah. If he if he kind of falls into that role, is I, I think he could, especially with Fremantle kind of probably supplements him back into that role. Is taking four or five shots a game. I think I think Hunter's a good ad. In college basketball, you can't have too many long athletic wings. Like, that's just not a no, thing. No, no, no. He moves that, well. His his best place still is in that. Uh, that preseason dunk he had. And I think we'll, we'll, hopefully we see some more of that soon. I, I think so too. It's just a ridiculous roster. Like I can only imagine trying to get like into your flow, into your like confidence, like on this kind of a team, there's just aren't many opportunities to, to fill yourself out. Um, okay. So let's look at the big East slate here. Um, I think that we've performed a little bit above expectations. I don't know what maybe you thought we'd be at at this point of the season. I think it's above everyone's expectations by a little bit. I thought we started slow. Uh, how do you think we fare in the big East this season? I'd say we, I mean, Xavier's got the chance to go top. They have a chance to win it. I mean, with talent yeah. on the roster, you look at the, the just the talent, they have, a, they have a chance to contend and win the Big East. But, I mean, definitely I would say top three. I mean, it's, 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 the Big East is better than I thought, though, coming in for sure. I, oh Seton, Hall's, Seton Hall's better than I thought. Providence is better than I thought. DePaul's better than I thought. St. John's hasn't looked as quite as good as I thought they were going to be. Yep. So, I, I guess that's one that surprised me the, the opposite direction. Um, but yeah, UConn's obviously super solid. RJ Cole's tough. Um, that, that whole roster is just put together pretty well. Um, and obviously Hurley can coach. So, I mean, I think you look at Nova, UConn, Xavier, and Seton Hall to kind of go one, two, three, four in some order. I think, I think Xavier's got the talent and, and kind of the goods to, to win it this year. If they, if they kind of play their style ball and take care of it, not, and yeah, if they limit turnovers, this team is, I mean, a lot of potential. No question. We'll jump back to the Big East in just a second. So I thought this team, to be honest with you, the first two, three, four games, I thought we looked like absolute ass. I, I was not impressed at all. 
uh, especially coming into year four of steel. I was honestly really, really discouraged. Um, but I thought since then we've been pretty fucking good and not really any complaints other than the, the Iowa state game. Um, do you think we're more of the team we've seen lately, or do you think it's just kind of been a little bit of a hot streak? Or do you think this is the team that we are the last six, seven, eight games? Yeah. Last, this is a team that the favorite, this is the team that favorite has. I mean, Paul Scruggs, fifth year senior comes back. He came back, I, I think, cause he knew that this was going to be a talented roster and, a team that could really perform at a high level and, and make some noise in March. And he wanted to do that before he left Xavier. I think this is uh, Travis's best team. I think Travis has got a feel for, um, I mean, now he's three years in and this is his fourth year. He's figuring things out himself. He's uh, Travis just looks like he's a more confident coach out there. He does. He so, really does. Yeah. I think this is, um, yeah, I think this is the team that we, we, we've seen the last four or five games and who we're going to see moving forward in the biggest play. Coop, I think you'd agree with me. Trav just makes way less awkward faces nowadays than he did in year one and two. Uh, obviously, yeah, but it, it really just depends on which uh, still they use for, like, the thumbnail of the press That's conferences correct. on YouTube. Those will get him at his absolute worst minute, like, <laughs> answering a question but also about to sneeze. And then, like, whoever, like, <laughs> if you can choose the thumbnails, be like, yeah, we'll go with that one. Like that's, that's so gotta funny. be it. Like they're always awkward as fuck. Whenever it's a weird, weird face. Have you guys been in the house uh, for most of the games this year? I've hit like four. I've been to two. I've probably been yeah. to about four or five. Is it just is it just me or his Xavier's like student section like almost double in size from what it was like ten years ago? They've taken it's a better than it's been since the Popes. It's it's better than it's been in a long time. It. Like, I don't know what that is, if that's just, like, the you win that many years and you have that many winning seasons in a row and the, the fan base just grows or, or what. But that's a, that makes a difference. And I think that's, like, a big reason. Is like, that, that gives Xavier some juice. The environments have been fantastic. Not to mention this is just an unbelievably loaded year to go to home games. I mean, you get a home shootout. You get Ohio State at home. Like, this this has been an unbelievable year to have season tickets. It's been and you get phenomenal. Paul, you get Paul doing the – um, media timeouts, the on-court entertainment, like, and you get Paul. That's why I go. I thought you said you get DePaul at home. DePaul, well, you yeah. do get DePaul at home. That's true. We used to get uh, LaSalle at home once a year. <laughs> now we get DePaul. That's, true, That's even more reason. That could be part of and it don't, too. Don't the forget Ten versus Big East. Uh, all no, honesty, don't forget we got Georgetown, who just won on uh, uh, Big East shoot around. It's these days. I did forget though. Georgetown. I remember getting hype as a kid to go to Xavier George Washington. Oh, that was my those... God. dude, that one day I remember. was crazy. Like, was it overtime tipping? That met- I remember that game, David West. I think Miles actually got it, but they they credited David West obviously because it's David West. I think Miles got a hand on it. I was there in like the tenth row. I remember. Um, yeah, I remember going days. to B Dubs like- in like 2009 or whatever uh, to watch when? Xavier play Richmond. And it, like it was just a huge deal to me. Richmond was like number twenty four, and I'm like, Dude, that, oh, when they were randomly wins, good, good. Yep. no, that Richmond team was the nice. That they were they team was nice. They had good Richmond yards. Temple. Like I hated Temple. I absolutely hated, Deont- hated, hated Temple. Deontay Christmas was a bucket. Christmas was and now, absolutely. And then, like Bill Cosby went there too, so I still hate him. <laughs> Only since like 2016, though. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah. this is right, that period in time where I'm like, oh, I'm cool with Temple. Guys, Nate's here. Like, guys, oh, we're we're getting past the limit of bullshit. Uh, we're oh, we're yeah. past our we're past our Nate threshold here. Um, okay, so let's say Nate. Let's say Xavier gets third in the Big East. 
What seed line do you think that puts us? They, uh, Big East has four teams ranked right now. I think Xavier's the lowest ranked at 22. I think that I think that'll hold. I think they'll have at the end of Big East play. I think they'll have four four teams in the top 25. If I had to guess, I mean it's yeah. early, but I think that four, five, uh, four seed. Four seed. Yeah. Three I think that's four. about right. I think that's about right. Gun to your head. Do we beat Villanova this year? At least once, I, I'd say. Wow. I, no, I, at least once is bold. Like, but I guess I've watched I like Villanova. I guess I've watched Villanova play, like, they're all losses to top 10 teams or whatever. But right. I've watched all three of them. And I just felt like they were – if Xavier can't – it's literally – I know their defense is very elite right now. I think they're, like, top 10 or 15, 20, whatever. If Xavier can handle the ball, though, I really think Xavier has the horses to run with them and and win definitely at home. We'll see. I mean, Pavilion next yeah. Tuesday, we'll see. But I I, don't, I think this is the team that is most vulnerable since Travis Steele has been a, a head coach. I agree. This Nova team's good, obviously, but they're not scary. Like, they don't really have no. anything. Like you, Some of these Nova teams we've had in the past are just absolutely, you know, just absolutely gonna, powerhouses. Who do you gonna, think Kobe Jones guards when we play them? Do you think he guards Justin Moore? Everyone. Probably Justin Moore. <laughs> everyone. Yeah, and, and everyone. Uh, yeah, he'd be a good matchup for uh, for Jermaine Samuels too. But I think that that you're you're more you're more afraid of Justin Moore, more wanting to shut him down. But I here's think, the though, thing, though: if Nate, Villanova wears those black uniforms with the blue numbers that they just came out with this year. Oh, I don't fucked. think we stand a chance. If honestly. they were if they were fucking yellow though, they're fucked. That's true. Yeah, Absolutely this fucked. Michigan. Unless we unless we wear yellow, unless we're the Mustangs. When is Xavier going to pull out the running man? I'm, I'm waiting. I mean, we it's have damn time. They're normally I, big East pull out. Well, one thing I don't understand is if you have a top five jersey in college basketball, why do you wear only it. wear it like once a year? That I, I mean, it's I just like, it's just so, like when you have a top five quarterback in the NFL and you run three, run three times <laughs> in the red zone. And he put on his Bengals shirt just to say that. No, that's a fair, fair point. Though. Imagine rooting for a team with Cincinnati on the chest. Could not be me. But it's like, I'm like, come on, just put it on at least two or three times a year. Even think about making that running man your primary logo and for like a season or two. For like, they yeah. could have done that for a hundred year anniversary. They could. They really yeah, could've team one hundred would have been the perfect time to do that. That would have been dope. Now we have to wait another hundred years. <laughs> like, this is this <laughs> is bullshit. Todd, you're gonna be here for that for sure. <laughs> well, and Paul we'll Scruggs see. will be Paul Scruggs will be graduated by then, but just by a year. And so he'll miss that. That's sad. He'll be, he'll be a grad I assistant. I don't know if we'll be here, but <laughs> yeah. Andy and my superhuman love child, Jackson Nuggie, will be. I promise you that. He's going to live Jackson to be at least 390. My papa didn't make head off. He was 490, so I guess it's in the genes. Um, okay, boys. So what's your most – no, fuck that. First of all, Nova's going to beat us by 40 because they didn't score at fucking all against Baylor. They're saving it all for at home. again. We're going to lose by well, probably 45. I, I will Hold tell on, you. One second. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, if I turn on Fox Sports 1 um, in a, uh, when we play at the Pavilion and Jay Wright walks out in a fucking suit, I'm leaving. They're going to shoot at least say, 69%. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. I was going to say if Jay Wright wears a suit, yeah, Xavier loses. Whenever he's wearing a quarter zip, I like Xavier's chances. They scored 36 points against Baylor. I have the Baylor schedule up in front of me just to see, okay, how good is this defense? You know who scored more than Air or more than Villanova? Um, everybody, Adam including <laughs> Arkansas Pine Bluff, is a uh, one of them. Well, it's a, it's enough uh, year for Pine Bluff. Central Arkansas, <laughs> Nickel State. 
I mean, well, Scotty so Pippen Xavier's going to win one. Xavier's going to win one. He's going to win the race in 39. <laughs> yeah. But we have four so, opportunities. We have two. We have two regular seasons. We've got the Big East postseason, and we've got the NCAA tournament. So we have four shots. Cool. Got to make them count. So you'd win two of them because 50-50. 50-50, yeah, we're going to win at least two. You heard it here first. See, this is the kind of shit, Nate, that you don't hear in the fucking press room. Fuck your stats. Fuck your bullshit. We're here for quarter zips versus suits. That, that's, that's the shit you hear on the Roll Ball podcast. That's, that's, uh, dude, I was actually going back and forth. I was like, do I want? I was like, I think I like just the casual quarter zip. Like, keep it loose. Like, but no, I'm not going to lie. Like, do your thing. Whatever you feel good in as a coach. I, I thought, I mean, Jay Wright looks damn good in the fucking suit and tie. He actually does. Think I think Travis Steele, go ahead. I think Jen Vaughn. You, you, you probably see the coaches <laughs> more up close than we do for sure. Um, one thing I think a lot of, well, I think a lot of <laughs> things, or a big thing that coaches can improve on is their kick game. I mean, I think it would really be cool if, like, tomorrow Xavier's wearing the gray uniforms, right? What if Travis Steele comes out, he's got his quarter zip, he has the, the cool gray Jordan 11s on that just dropped? I mean, how cool would that be? I think that's an underrated facet of the game right there. I mean, Penny Hardaway comes out always rocking some clean jays or something. and um, It's no. not working. All right, so it, we need to come out with flip-flops. What are you saying? <laughs> so, I'm down to the, so if, if Penny's wearing Jordans right now, I am down if Travis Steele just wears the OG grandpa all-black Velcros because fuck whatever the fuck Memphis is doing. It is not fucking working. Uh, like I don't the, know what they're doing tonight, though. They might be winning. It's got to be the shoes. I still wanted to see. I wanted to see that matchup, though. I mean, I I know we Xavier had a tough time in Brooklyn with. Holy fuck! I take it back. Memphis is up fourteen to seven minutes. Against who? Alabama. Alabama. Oh wow! No shit. Wow, Alabama! I watched the Alabama Houston game the other night. That was that was a good game. Granted, Alabama does have much bigger fish to fry. (laughs) That's That's the funniest thing Andy said this entire year. What I, shit? I missed it. Okay, so you might not see all the like fan chit chat. Well, probably not because we like find it ourselves. It doesn't actually just come to us all the time. So um, talking shit with random people on the internet that we've never met, never will meet. They don't even have a photo of their face as their profile picture. Um, countless UC fans were saying like. Oh, we're not really concerned about the crosstown shootout. We have bigger fish to fry, meaning the college football playoff. It's like, how's your football team affect the basketball team? So is that the that softest bullshit you've ever heard, or what? No, I mean, it's. I, I have a few. I mean, obviously, like, well, I, I grew up on the west side of Cincinnati, and I feel like I was like the only Xavier fan growing up, at, like in the west side. Like, I remember every crosstown shootout we would win. I was going back, and I'm like, I can't, like, you can't even celebrate because these fans, like. You lose, you, lose, you lose friends over this stuff. So, um, no, I texted a few of my homies from growing up, and I was like, damn, I was like, that six and a half, I told you. And there was, uh, no, they, they're all, the, the ones that are true diehards, they still care. Oh, they care a fuck ton. They care. I yeah. guarantee you they care a fuck ton. It's absolute bullshit. It's the mask with the fucking smiling guy and the guy crying behind the mask. That's literally what it is. I'm fucking telling you it's the softest shit i've ever seen it's bullshit because i I heard the whole time was uh from my buddy he just graduated from uc like over the weekend and uh i you know the game goes final i like do a snapchat video the scoreboard and zoom in on it even though it's the tiniest fucking score graphic on the biggest fucking (laughs) scoreboard 
But anyways, like it's our city, and he replied, "No, it's not." And said, "Dude, we won by 20. And he said, "Yeah, but you don't call it Xavier, Ohio." I'm like, what? Was he, like that's yeah, all got, you came up with? I'm like, no, we I mean, may as well won by 20. That, call it Nungie, Ohio, actually. That's a zinger, my man. That's a big zinger. I need to get Xavier, I need Ohio. To, I need to get back on. I haven't checked the message boards in a while. I need to get back on UC message board, Louisville's message board. That's that's, that's the content that you, you dude. When fans melt down, there's nothing like that. that there is like, nothing better than a UC meltdown. Nothing. Why do we even play this game anymore? I don't know why we do this. <laughs> I saw some screenshots like, on Twitter. Best. What did that one dude say? He said, oh, he wishes he would, he would even play the game or something. He doesn't yeah, know yeah. I'm like, good God, man. That's, That's my favorite shit. Just the fucking Bearcat tears, bro. It's the fucking best shit. Because growing up, bro, that was like, Nate, we're about the same age. That program was nasty. Like, that program was fucking legit. And I just remember what it was like growing up in that environment. And all my friends, bro, that were these diehard UC fans are quiet as fuck. And have been for like seven, eight, nine years. And they were it's so a, fucking obnoxious. Like, they love being the bully. They love all this bullshit. Yeah. And they don't do anything anymore. It's just football. That's all they fucking talk about. I'm like this is, I. It's just fucking wild, bro. Like, what's I, I swear, that program? UC fans want us to have a football team more than Xavier fans. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. No. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. How, how I'm not a college football guy. Like I, I've never been like I'll watch like Ohio State or whatever, like Notre Dame, Michigan. Like I'll watch Alabama, like some of the big games. But like college football to me is. Like compared to college basketball, it's not even like that's my opinion, but it's not even close. Like as far as entertainment value, I feel like I'm watching the same four or five teams compete for a spot in the Final Four every year of football, and it's like the, the five star recruits go to the same schools. Basketball, there's just so much more parity. I I love watching these guys develop for the league. That's obviously like, but um no, I mean I'm I guess I'm heavily biased, but college basketball is like if I was. I guess if you're like an SEC person, you'll be like, you'll disagree with me heavily, but I'd much rather have a team that was like competing like UNC and Duke every year than have Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or whatever. Yeah, like, in college I'm, I'm basketball. As, go ahead, Andy. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here as a Xavier fan. Like, all, all year as a Notre Dame football fan, like we're like the ninth best team in the country and we don't have a fucking shot at a national championship. Like, <laughs> like, top 10, uh, fucking nothing. As a Xavier fan, like we're sitting here, like um, number fifteen in the net, like number thirty in Ken Palm, like we feel like a, we have a legitimate shot to make a deep run and make a lot of noise. Like it's just there's so much more parity, and honestly, the theater in college basketball, like uh, there's so much many more upsets, and just every game. You have the best event in all sports. Fucking electric. You have the best event in all sports. Musketeer madness. Musketeer madness. Only cost me twenty bucks to get in. All right, Nate. <laughs> What was your – what's your most anticipated Big East game outside of Villanova? Fordham. Um, for, <laughs> I think you, you – probably UConn. Both games against UConn are uh, – that, that'll be pretty lit. I mean, just – I feel like that became a rivalry. I was in Charleston in 2019. Damn. And I felt like that rivalry yeah, – that was low-key maybe one of the best weeks, like, ever. Like, Charleston is an unbelievable city. And Xavier's fans were everywhere. I mean, like – we, like they took over the city for what like three or four days um it was i mean that city was just so much fun and the, i feel like that rivalry like started there i mean i i got a video i'll have to send you guys but like i was sitting next to uconn fans and i actually was sitting next to a scout who was there watching Najee marshall that game 
but it was like he was like dude is this, is this like is there beef here and i was like no this is like the beginning of it like it'll it seems like it might get like a legit rivalry but that yukon game is it's got some different um fire to it and i in charleston it was like it, it became a rivalry like almost instantly where like there seems like those fans like walking out the building like they're yelling at xavier fans xavier fans are yelling back and it was it was like I'll, I'll take as many rivalry games as I can get. That's like that to me makes being a basketball fan like so much fun, and that's what kind of separates college basketball and the NBA is like where like the fans are actually going at each other a little bit. I'm here for that. It's funny because this this new Big East has like really banded together, and like we're out of conference, we root for each other. I find myself not rooting for only UConn. They're the only team that when they lose, I kind of like chuckle. I'm like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to West Virginia. Like any other school, I'd be like, like right now with Creighton, I don't know if they end up winning or not. But I'm like, come on, Creighton, you fuckers. Like win this fucking bullshit game against Arizona State. Like when anyone else, but the biggest teams, I'm like, ah, fuck. When Nova's losing, I'm like, all right, I, I kind of fuck with that. Like, like I'm not worried about UConn. Like they're going to be good. They're in the Big East. They have yeah. all the fucking money yeah. in the world. Like it's such a big program. They're going to be fine. So when they lose, it's like, it's funny. And that fan base is just good to see them cry a little bit. I'm here for it. I don't know if you guys feel the same. I, I am no, all I for do, the do. electric meltdowns. I think, yeah, like, and Hurley is just a fiery coach. So watching him. He's a, just, he's a psychopath, just, like, dude. He is. He is he's crazy. I'll, but, you know, what was actually, like, Luke Murray's on his staff now. Which, mm-hmm. Good for Luke, by the way. Nate might have paused. Do I have anybody with me? When, when okay. Luke Murray was on Max staff, I interviewed him like maybe like a year. Oh, man. You're good. Just making Andy's life tough. That's cool. Can't wait. We're back. We're back. All right. Um, you can be back now. Yeah, you're back. I think I'll do that. So, yes. Yeah, so anyway, I interviewed I think Murray like a year ago on, on the podcast. I was like, he came on and it was during quarantine and he had nothing else to do, so he hopped on the podcast. And he was like, I was asking him, like, what coaches he kind of learned from and kind of what wh- whose philosophies he was kind of uh, stood by the closest or whatever. And he was on Mac's staff when he said it, but he, like, hyped up Hurley at the time as, like, the guy. And then he kind of shouted out Miller, and then he gave Mac, like, kudos, like, third. So that was always interesting to me, and, like, it stuck with me. So when he took the, when he took the job with UConn, I was like, damn, he did shout him out, like, pretty hard. And, like, he, he was obviously a Hurley fan, so – um, no, I think he's obviously a, a really good recruiter and the guy that's going to pull some talent for that team. And, um, yeah, happy for Luke Murray to have, have a – it was a weird fallout with uh, – Yeah, totally agree, bro. So it's cutting out a little bit. We've taken up so much of your fucking time. Anything else you have on your mind? Anything else that you have, uh, you have for us or questions we didn't ask? I think the uh, the homies are are stealing the bandwidth for their uh, their. I think they're recording their basketball game on the Papa Shot. <laughs> no, we covered a lot. I don't know what we were on like fifteen minutes. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me fix this. You're all good. I'm a little closer to this router. We back? Yeah, we back. All right, cool. No, I think um, we covered a lot of it. I I mean, hopefully, we can all link for a uh, pregame uh, Musketeer game here soon. I feel like uh, that, that's a uh, something that has to happen but no i think we covered it all uh it's gonna be a fun year i'm ready for a big east play and yeah i mean roll block
And above all, you I mean, you hit it on the head. My, I mean, my goodness. And above all, the party for adding one extra letter to our postseason tournament this year. Nate, appreciate you coming by. As always, we love you. We really appreciate the content that you make, and it was really, really good to finally have you on. Appreciate you, boys. It was always, always a good time to come on here. I know with my debut, hopefully we, uh, we, we made some noise and uh, had some hot takes out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Hot takes for the hot dogs. It was beautiful. Yes, no, that's, I <laughs> that's, you, my guy. that's all you. Only thing hot is the takes, <laughs> man. <laughs> all right, boys. Appreciate you having me on. Anytime, bro. Okay, just phenomenal interview from Nate. But – but, 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 while we actually talked basketball, we would not feel right if we didn't get all the junk out of our system that is going on in our fucking cabezas right now. Right, boys? We got a little bit of bullshit to get into. We got more from our heads. <laughs> we got more <laughs> from our heads, per sources. So, I think we talked about it very briefly, but Andy and I have done some genome editing. And you're welcome, by the way, Xavier Nation, because it resulted in our love child, which is Jack Nungy. Many have said, by many I mean two, possibly three, that his right. face is a combination of me and Andy's face, which actually, me and Andy on our own, not good. But together, pretty damn solid. I, I'd bang that. <laughs> okay, 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 Dan. Wow. wow, Nate. Wow, now that Nate's gone, the wheels are really off. Except it's a shame, Andy, because he got my hairline, unfortunately. That's the only part of the gene that we forgot to fuck with. Yeah. You know, but like, it was around the time where uh, people, people me being – your girlfriend we're making fun of my hair all the time so we decided to take a different route um so we gave it your hairline yeah it turns out which is a damn shit it's, it's, it's still working good it's still working good it's still providing a lot of uh a lot of good looks good hair pieces and also yeah. good stats yeah absolutely so fellas okay so i've been getting into this i had an opinion piece that i think is probably true i don't know what you guys think i was gonna ask nate but i forgot is the shootout the most satisfying win on the schedule aside from the NCAA tournament? Most satisfying. Most satisfying? Oh, I, I think, about being, think about being satisfied right now. I mean, Andy. I think it definitely is. And I don't, I don't think it would be the same if, like, say you were a Xavier fan and did not live, like, in Cincinnati. It might not really. Because at the end of sure. the day, it's like, okay, Big Wolf, we beat a quad three mid-major by 20. It's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, but whenever it's like, yeah, your coworkers are UC fans, your friends yeah. are UC fans, your family, like, yeah. yeah, it's satisfying. It's like, oh yeah, the team that you like claim you don't even remember half the year. Well, yeah, one by when, twenty. Like it's very when you satisfying. add context though, and like you had the childhoods that we had. I don't give a yeah, fuck that too. what I don't give a fuck what year it is. It will always be satisfying to beat that team by twenty, like until the and, end of time. And it's always going to be th this way, like inevitably. UC is a much bigger school than Xavier. There's a lot more people that go there. There's a much bigger following. Like, there's always going to be more UC fans than Xavier fans. So whenever you can beat them, like it's yeah, it's a great feeling. Just like beating Ohio State. And I'm a huge Buckeye fan, but like for Xavier, it's just it's huge. It is. Andy, is it the most satisfying win on the schedule? Uh, on the schedule, so. I mean, in my personal life, I mean, I felt like uh, beating Ohio State was a huge jump, and so I was I was probably more satisfied with that win. But year in, year out, when we beat UC, like it doesn't like repair, like like the past couple of years, I wasn't like, well, we didn't make the tournament, it, but we beat UC, so it makes it better. No, it really wasn't like that. But 
for this moment, I talk more shit after we beat UC than any other day. I come out, I get more and more obnoxious each time we beat UC. And I can say, yes, that is one of the first times I've been satisfied in my life. Now, I will say the Norfolk State win was pretty satisfying to me. That's, that a, that's a game I'll never forget. Or a post post game. I don't remember the game at all, actually. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a damn thing about that game. But I can tell you what happened after the game, and that's something that I'll never forget. I'm Well, first of all, congratulations, too, uh, first of all. I don't even give a fuck what it makes me look like. Like, people want to act – I think both fan bases at, at times want to, like, downplay the importance of it. I don't give a flying fuck. I'm going to keep it 100. It is the most satisfying win on the yeah. schedule, aside from the NCAA tournament. Aside from an NCAA tournament win, it is the most satisfying win that we can get on the schedule, in my opinion. Now, yeah, like, let me ask but, you this. This is a tough, tough question. Would you rather beat UC and then lose first round of the NCAA tournament, or would you rather lose to UC but make a Sweet 16? I'm taking the Sweet 16. But it's it's tough. Like NCAA tournament trumps everything, in my opinion. But uh, as far as a regular season game, including the Big East tournament, I'm taking UC. Yeah, it's like the um uh 2017 when we lost to UC uh, after the Trayvon game. Um, yeah. So we lost to UC, but then we go and make an Elite Eight. Like completely forgot about that uh shootout yeah. loss. Like no one gave a fuck. Yeah. We were in the Elite Eight. Suck it, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> still, hashtag still. It's just these UC accounts that just absolutely are in these deep depressions. It just is so satisfying, dude. Justin Berg's sound was – I couldn't stop listening to it. I, I, I played it five times on repeat. Like, it was the most satisfying thing I've ever heard because, you know what, guys? You know, those Bearcats are coming, and they're going to whoop your ass. We've got yeah. white guys too. I mean, after a 25-point fucking shellacking, it is just the most satisfying thing to listen to. It just fucked that fan base – just makes me want that program to never exist ever again. I, I just I, – I love kicking their doors in. I absolutely love it. Yeah, like, the, it's, it's satisfying not because uh, – like, not only because, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a win. It's not a great win. Not not even going to be close no. to our best win on the schedule. But like just the to see them cry and piss more yeah. and more about it, that's what gets funny. Because after growing up and, like, hearing – all this shit about, I mean, I grew up in Kentucky, so I hear about UK being better and I hear about UC being oh, better God. all the time. It's, it was just a fucking nightmare. I was one of two Xavier fans in my entire school growing up. Uh, so like, I, I never got to really celebrate it. I was always just like third on the totem pole. Like we were 14 seed um, and in, in, in the tournament at the, at the time. So for me to be able to just kick the shit out of that team, three years in a row. I guess, yeah, me personally, obviously. But uh, to watch my team kick the shit out of the Bearcats three years in a row, it's absolutely satisfying. It's not our Super Bowl. And they love to act like it's our biggest game of the year, that um, it makes our year t- to beat them. No, no, it's that's not the case. But holy fuck, it feels good every single time. <laughs> it feels really, really good. Now, I will say, though, Prior to the um, existence of social media and the brawl in 2011, honestly, I didn't really have that deep of a hatred towards UC. Like, I would honestly, like, not necessarily root for them, but I wanted them to be good, and I would watch them on TV when they were on and stuff like that. But now, like, I don't want them to win any games. Like, when they lose to South Florida, my heart is happy. Like, I go to sleep that night, like, 
like dreaming about that. That's something up, I love. We needed them to be good to boost our, I guess back then, boost well, the RPI. Yes. Well, they were a uh, huge true. vault for our program. I mean, beating them when they were number one in the country was a huge piece of, you know, making Xavier marketable and, and putting Xavier on the map. Um, so they've definitely played a huge part in our uprising. But like, Ever since I've gone to school, I have had a large, large disdain for the University of Cincinnati. I remember when Kenyon Martin made a layup and then flexed into the camera. I was like, I don't like these guys. It was a layup. Like, let's let's chill a little bit. Um, yeah, I've never – ever since I've gone to school, worn more of my Xavier shit and just gotten, gotten a bunch of shit for it, I've never wanted to see them win. Um, so it is very, and also too, I just love how much that program's receded. Like it was a big program, dude. It's hard to fucking like imagine. Like, it's hard to even remember sometimes how good they were. Like the Jordan jerseys, they were in the top 10, top five, like all the time. They were really good. And like year in and year out, it's just not that at all anymore. And I'd love to see it. Um, you know, the world's going full circle. You're seeing evolution of the world. I think that's a, uh, that's a good thing. So let's talk Derek Dick. Um, Coop, I think you would be the proper source here to talk Derek yeah. Dick, if you wouldn't mind uh, getting into so, it. So there I was. This was my first crosstown shootout I've ever attended. It's a big moment for me. Um, and there I am in the Sintas Center um, in a very crowded standing room only area about an hour before tip-off. And Andy, who I've known for years now, um, comes up to me and offers me his hand to shake. I said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Coop. He said, hi, I'm Derek. And I'm like, okay. He's, I'm like, what's your last name? He said, Derek Dick. I'm like, oh. And he said, my parents love deliberations. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, alliterations. So that, that's how I met Derek Dick. Now, this very same man, Derek Dick, was um, crossing the street. We were walking from the parking lot over to Centos, and I said to Derek, shake that crossing guard's hand. So he walks over. He puts his hand on the back of the crossing guard. Crossing guard says, oh, hi. Derek reaches his hand out, shakes his hand, and just introduces himself um, and says, how are you? The, the cop or the crossing guard, he says, I'm doing well, but you're about to get hit by a Mercedes. And he was very unaware that he was about to get hit his drunken ass stumbled into the Centos, and that is the legend of Derek Dick. Are you saying that you sent your Mercedes goons out to go get Derek Dick? Is that what you're telling me? I can't confirm nor deny. However, I can confirm the Mercedes was red, um, and everyone wow. else was wearing blue. So there might be that might be worth investigating. Derek we'll get, sounds like we'll a good get time. Channel Nine Nine on your side, I Team or whatever that. How they call it. Derek sounds like a true hero. Not worried about his own life. Worried about the well-being of the crossing guard. All he wanted to know was how his day was going. Because it's a stressful day for anybody mm. that's supposed to like keep the, anybody in, in the city of Cincinnati. It's cold. You're standing in the middle of the road. You know what I mean? That's a long day. You know, and all Derek wanted the to only know is how the entrance to the, to the parking lot. I mean, it's a tough job. I just wanted to boost his morale. And then he just tells me, hey dumbass you're about to get hit (laughs) protect me bitch right that's his job correct so he didn't i don't know if you guys know this but you guys are required attendance from every shootout here henceforth even the away games even the did you guys enjoy your first shootout couldn't have been that bad yes i did yeah i got got a a nice little towel as a souvenir (laughs) 
Did Derek have a good time? Derek had a phenomenal time. Uh, <laughs> Derek played it perfectly where, like, throughout the entire day, pretty much the only thing he remembers is the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I well, mean, that's, that's the best part to remember. You go to remember the games. Yes. <laughs> Hello, you go to remember the games. Did My you favorite guys part did... of the shootout, though, was a UC fan about four rows in front of me who, anytime Travis Steele talked to an official, <laughs> he may, it may not have even been anything rude. It may have been Travis Steele calling a timeout. He, was asking he, wanted, Travis Steele, he wanted Travis Steele teed up every single time he talked to an official. This UC fan, very overweight man, so he blocked the entire court. That's how I remember it so well. He'd stand up and he'd be like, "Tee him up," and like, "There's what? It's not even hostile right now." So he but might he, like hot dogs more than Nate does. Probably, yeah. Yeah, he had that high T. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Down the Parkway, can we beep those f bombs out? I don't know about that, my dude. I don't know about that. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> probably not. It's not that what we do around here. Yeah, that, is a, that is a lot to ask of me. <laughs> That's a hard no. Andy's Andy edits and in, in quotes. It's more of like, a, uh, you know, we, that's that's a little beyond what we do around here. That's a little bit beyond what we do. Um, he edits so, like cussing, cussing part. Of, like for anyone who like is listening for Nate, Nate did not cuss once. If you hear cussing, it's us talking over him. I, I edited that's, the cussing yeah. in. Right. Exactly. Right. We we add like you know instead of adding crowd noise, we add. F bombs, um, yeah, to spice things up. It's like unnecessary censorship, basically. Except I, I just instead of the want, bleep we add, fuck. Exactly, exactly. I just want to get a lay of the land here. Did you or did you not watch the game on recording when you got home? Nate did not. That's one. I did not. Coop did not. Andy, did you? I did not. I was going to, but then I heard it was Danny Simpkins, and decided no. Oh, I watched it. Not with the volume on, but I did watch it. So one of four for Cap. Okay, just good to know where I stand. If you're listening, I want to know if you watched it or not when you got home. I'm interested in that. Is there anything that we did want not to put all my uh, attention and focus into the Crosstown shootout? Something that happened in the past and overlook Moorhead. I'll never overlook Moorhead. You can't overlook the somewhere in Kentucky State sloppy toppies. You definitely can never do that. Good call. Anything on the shootout that we did not cover that you guys wanted to talk about? My favorite thing is just that the, that the University of Cincinnati fan base wants to talk about anything other than basketball. Um, that's my, my favorite thing. I, I do want to uh, um, talk a shout out cue balls meme. That was which one? The, um, so we were just sitting in a group chat. He just sends this pornographic. Meme. No, not that one. Um, so <laughs> the, you know the um, the um, black arm and the white arm uh, locking hands and mm-hmm. yeah in in the middle oh, so, uh, one arm said you see fans one arm said racist in the middle life was better in the 60s <laughs> oh, you see fans were pissed at that because they don't understand twitter and that may have been my favorite thing like post shootout all the comments are you stupid or something to <laughs> <laughs> be like, a lot of paint chips as a kid like <laughs> he does say some crazy shit but it makes you laugh like yes. it is funny it is, like, yeah. it's out there like even for us, it's kind of out there. You know what I mean? He says shit that even, like, makes us kind of cringe, which There's makes you know. some things that, he'll, like, he'll tweet or post, and I'm like, I want to like this, but I just don't want my name, like, exactly. attached to that. And I'm like, and, but that's hilarious. And we say dumbass shit, like, we'll legit tweet about genitalia. 
and right. we don't even want to like it. I, dude, I got to know, man. Right. I got to know what goes on behind closed doors with like the actual Xavier Brass who like only has fucking sophisticated conversations because I'm sure they see our shit and just they're absolutely appalled. And then there's cue oh, ball yeah. shit, which is just a whole <laughs> other level of gutter. Like, it, like we're in the gutter, but he's like five levels underneath the, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are. Like, it's just a whole other level of shit that I just, oh man, I would, I would hope that, I hope at some point, like Tom Iser or one of those guys way up there did like a, a Twitter binge and they just went through cue balls, you know, shit. Like just went through his last like 50 memes. Um, no, that would make me very happy. So- there's higher ups that are definitely aware of all of our shenanigans. 100%. And that makes me smile. I, I would just love to be a fly on the wall for when it's seen for the first time from like somebody who's like, oh, my stars. You know, like just a very sophisticated person like reading our shit. I would just love to get, um, you know, the genuine uh, feedback, you know, just for what it's like in the moment they actually read our dumb bullshit. When the accountant named Randy finds yeah. our shit. Yeah. Like I, I would just love to see the, the actual reaction. But that makes me smile that it's been seen though. That makes, that makes me smile. Makes me uh, I got a couple of likes. It, it's funny when like my dumb shit gets a like from like uh, Jonas Hayes and, and shit like that. Yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that. Jonas is down for the bullshit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he gave you a, a birthday shout out of your. You know who I ego. feel like is not here for it at all is Travis Steele. He is the most boring man on the planet. <laughs> and I don't care. Like, as long as you win basketball games, I don't give a fuck. Like, I like Travis. He's just so ridiculously boring. I don't know I if I've disagree. ever seen him laugh, even on video picture. Like, I don't know if I've actually ever heard, seen, or even – I don't know if there's any evidence that he does laugh. I think he smiles and smirks and chuckles. He smiles. But when's the last time this man's belly laughed? It's been a long time. And it's just All so right, that's our goal. Like- we are going to make Travis Steele's belly laugh. <laughs> Without touching him. There's no way. He's he's too serious. Like, I think it's funny because, like, every time he tries to, like, tell a joke, it's not even, like, a joke, but he thinks it's funny. It's just, like, a semi-interesting tidbit about it's like, something. It's like he, you're at the water cooler at work and yeah. someone says something that's, like, you kind of give a little chuckle. And he laughs. And then, like, the, and then whoever interviewed exactly. him was like, yeah, so – like, he just says very <laughs> basic bullshit, and I love how funny he finds his tiny his, – his statement that's, like, a little bit less boring than the other one. Um, I, I find it funny how funny he thinks that is. It's wonderful. It's, it's just – it's what makes him him. But the thing is that he's – I feel like he's a good guy. Like, I don't dislike him at all. He's just a very oh, – yeah. he's just – he's, like – He's not a content creator. Guy. He's a Xavier John Rothstein. Yeah, he, he's like he's a Xavier basketball robot. Yeah, yeah, he he's a coworker, like the it, yeah, just, absolutely. You're, every, oh, someone I'm sure coworker like him, but he he coaches. I just don't know what else goes on in that brain other than basketball. Like, you know how it, it, Coop, you said that like men think about sex, you know, every thirty seconds or whatever. <laughs> I, right. I would bet 29 out of 30 <laughs> seconds are all something basketball related, high post. I mean, just it's just, you know, the SpongeBob episode, all he knows is fine dining. Like, what else does yeah. Travis Steele know about? You know what I mean? D- does he know anything else? I don't know what else he actually, you know, does he know basic math? Does he know geography, geometry, uh, anything that ends with a tree? Does he know any of those things? Because like I just a- really, does he have any hobbies? I really coaching basketball. That's it. 
I really, I mean, we we confirmed that one of his side hobbies is coaching basketball at a different level. <laughs> we, we can confirmed yes. that. We can. We yes. confirmed that. You are a high major college basketball coach who probably works on your job 80 to 110 hours a week. And on the side, you are coaching little kid basketball. Like, assistant coaching. Assistant coaching. <laughs> Assistant coaching. Well, he was one of those for a long time. So, and like, I, I don't know, dude, like the end, end rant here, but like, he's just a very boring human being. And if you win basketball games, if you're that dedicated to the job where you win a lot of basketball games, cause you're that committed to Xavier basketball, be as boring as you fucking want to be. dude. I, I'm here for it. Be a boring machine. Be the most and boring then, man on the planet. Then, and still each year he gets featured on Barstool sports for dropping a bag at Dana gardens. That is not boring. That is actually really fucking cool. But uh, I don't know. Just really, really funny that even after like the shootout, just a very boring <laughs> post-game interview. Um, could not be more opposite. of, And it just sucks right now because the Mac-Mick dynamic post-game was fucking phenomenal. You had a fire-ass interview post-game from Mac and just an absolute dog water excuse fest from Mick. Just a whiny bitch fest. And now you have a UC coach that owns it. And takes it uh, on the chin and is actually like, well-spoken. They kicked our tails. Boring, yeah. And a boring Xavier coach. And like, uh, I mean, I'll take the dub. I mean, a W is a W. But it's just – Mac and Mick has to be an all-time great. They need a 30 for 30 of, on them. It's one of the all-time great cross-town shootout coaching matchups. Maybe not for a UC perspective, but that's not what we're about. We don't give a fuck about them. Anything else on the shootout? Before we cut it with slob on my knob dog. I'm ready for some more head. I'm ready for some more head. Anything we want to talk about other than just the um, the layup of the joke factory that that is. I mean, I don't know anything about the team. I do know a little bit, a tiny bit, that the joke exists. That you're also talking about having extra sloppy toppy. You know how they want you know they want to put the uh, obviously sloppy you know they want to was Western Kentucky sloppy <laughs> toppy hilltop the sloppy toppers something like yeah. that they're the sloppy yeah. toppers you know how they have they they're trying to put together like the Ohio Cup or whatever it would be funny if they put together like a uh, like a sex joke cup like you had Oral Roberts <laughs> Oral Roberts yeah Longwood. yeah Morehead yeah like if you had a four, State, fourteen tournament of yeah of Norfolk all like Fox the, State pretty much everyone Xavier's played this year that might not be a boring thing about Travis Steele is, is he scheduled these teams for the memes maybe Steele's low key funny like on the low he's just got to be he's just yeah you know he's you know he's like looking at the schedule like hey. <laughs> maybe maybe Travis Steele appreciates a sixty nine Joe I don't know maybe so. Find out later at some point on the Roblox podcast. Airplane noise.